Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Chuck, and you're listening to Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hello, I'm Colin of CWK Photography on Flickr, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Dustin Lystra, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Grace Peacock, Director of Communications at Canada's Wonderland, and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. I accept the Coaster Challenge. 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 Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? What is the Coaster Challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's time to take the Coaster Challenge. Here are your hosts, David Cantu and Jenna Gazelle. Hey, how's it going, Jenna? Great. How's it going, Dave? It's going good. Going good. Happy February 19th. Wow, we're on February 19th. Wait, what happened to January? Weren't we just in January? Yeah, I think so too. Boy, it's, <laughs> it's uh, uh, this this New Year's flying by quickly already. We're already getting through the winter season. You know, oh. spring will be here before you know it. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, summer's spring. coming. Oh, wait yeah, a minute. October. Yay. I like no. October. <laughs> no, spring, spring. Coaster season. Coaster season's going to be opening soon. We can't wait for this year's coaster season <laughs> Halloween a, hunt Halloween hunt <laughs> oh there's a lot of no we got a lot of we got a lot of new roller coasters opening up this year you know you got Iron Gwazi gonna be opening up in fact uh, Bush Gardens just recently had its media day for Iron Gwazi and Andrew just happened to be down there on its media day and he actually was talking to a very special guest so let's listen hey this is Andrew executive producer of the Coaster Challenge podcast I'm here with Neil Thurman at Bush Gardens Tampa president of Bush Gardens here Neil how are you doing today good welcome to bush gardens thank you glad to be here i'm a local but i'm here all the time but today's a little different got to ride iron Gwazi for the first time rode in the front once rode in the back once and middle a couple times as well this is an amazing coaster you must be so excited we, we are incredibly excited to open iron Gwazi. Um, it, is, it is a spectacular coaster 206 feet in the air 91 degree drop 12 airtime moments three inversions it is it is so much fun yeah you mentioned the 12 airtime moments I cannot believe the airtime on this coaster. I mean, I've been on Steel Vengeance, and that's, it's a great coaster, but I love the airtime on this because it's amazing. It's a sustained airtime, really intense, but my thighs don't hate me afterwards, unlike some other RMC. So I love that this is like the Goldilocks RMC for me. It's got a great blend of elements. Again, the airtime, the inversions, that bow roll drop down is incredible. This first drop, the steepness of that first drop, especially towards the back of the train getting whipped over this this coaster is incredible. Yep, and there's no question about it. My favorite spot is that on the first row when you go over the lift hill and you're looking down at 91 degree angle. You can even see the track below you, and off you go, and it just sets the tone at the beginning of the ride that you're in for a thrill of a lifetime. Oh, so, absolutely, absolutely. Exciting. Well, thank you so much, Neil. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. That was really amazing that that you were down there for the media day for Iron Gwazi and got to talk to Neil Thurman. I will say all the SeaWorld parks this year, all their new coasters are coming open this year. I believe Pantheon over at Busch Gardens Williamsburg is going to be opening. Uh, we got Wonder Woman over at Six Flags Magic Mountain that's going to be scheduled to open. I believe it's going to open this summer. There's going to be a lot of really awesome roller coaster attractions. And I think Emperor over at SeaWorld San Diego is slated to open as well. The first being 
A&M Dive Coaster on the West Coast, Jen. I'm super excited about that. Yeah, so I think this is going to be another really good, especially in Florida. I mean, I believe the Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster is scheduled to open uh, this year. Hopefully there's no delays on that one. Universal's got a lot of things going on, and especially with the construction of Epic Universe, that's probably not going to be for another couple more years, but a lot of progress being done there. So yeah, it just looks like it's going to be a really fun coaster season for 2022. Man, it's crazy to think where we were two years ago. And just think for Disneyland, you know, Toontown is closed this year for refurbishment because they're getting ready for the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Toontown's getting an entire facelift. There's a lot of other areas, but we got Main Street Electrical Parade back. We've got the World of Color coming back. Uh, Fantasmic is returning with upgrades. I like Fantasmic. Yeah, so all that is all returning. It's going to be a great season for the theme parks and the amusement park industry this year. So, but you know, we speaking of theme parks and amusement parks, we've got a very special guest with us today, Jen. We got somebody that actually works for the theme parks. We got uh, Austin Weber works for Cedar Fair. It's really nice to get some of the park employees to come on the podcast and be able to talk coasters with us. Exactly, because it gives you a lot of insight from their perspective with working in the theme parks. Iva's standing by with Austin today, but first we are going to do our lovely segment called the YouTube Highlight Clip Clip of the the Week. YouTube Clip of the Week. All right, in this week's YouTube highlight clip of the week here, now normally in the coaster community, you know, we've got a lot of YouTubers. I have, we're a YouTuber, we were, I was a YouTuber myself. I know a lot of great friends that are YouTubers, they do it professionally. But one thing I will tell you is that one thing you will find on YouTube is you will find tons and tons and tons of roller coaster POVs. And if you don't know what a roller coaster POV is, POV stands for point of view. There are people that professionally record the roller coaster motions, how it all runs just by, with their professional cameras. However, there are some people out there that are not YouTube or are smaller YouTubers or general public uh, members of the general public. There are a lot of people that do things that I would are say questionable. <laughs> <laughs> I would say questionable, but I would say it's kind of dangerous. There are people out there that try to film the coasters that really shouldn't be filming it. And I think the worst one is holding your cell phone while riding a coaster, which is a big no-no. Everybody in the coaster community will tell you that is something you do not do when you go on a roller coaster. Is The last thing, last thing you want to do is take out your $1,500, $1,600 phone, hold it, and then all of a sudden you lose it. Oops. There goes that phone. Where did it go? Yeah, oh. exactly. So this week's YouTube highlight clip of the week here. We found an incredible YouTuber named Grapple. Grapple does a lot of like top five, top ten, but he also does some of the craziest videos about. But he happened to have a very interesting YouTube video, and it was called POV roller coaster videos that went horribly wrong. This we so Jenna and I took the opportunity to sit down and watch this uh, video, and I was really amazed. There were some very familiar roller coasters, and these are roller coasters around the world that have had people have tried to film but I would say the one that really stood out for me which was really amazing and I wrote it a couple years ago and that would be Tempesto over at Busch Gardens Williamsburg the video the first part of the video will show that a person was in the front row of the train and I guess it's not a cell phone looked like it was a GoPro cam but it was they were showing some of the craziest things that have happened during a POV recording and I was really amazed that when he was launched when they were launched to the top right when they made the turn 
the curve up to the top, his GoPro cam had came loose and completely fell off the train and it actually recorded itself, still recording. They captured it as it was falling all the way down and it literally landed on the ground where you were able to get actually incredible footage of what it's like underneath a roller coaster. Exactly. <laughs> so that was like one example that was in the video. Another good example I will say is that they tried filming, one person tried filming on Titan over at Six Flags over Texas, but unfortunately did not know how to properly film his coaster or I don't even think he was a GoPro cam. I think this was a cell phone gen because when they were going through the ride, it literally was aiming down this the is whole a, time. This is an OMG moment. Like, oh, what were you thinking? Yeah, it probably has been known as one of the worst POV recordings ever to date. But it's like, it's all in the YouTube video, guys. You'll have to take a look for yourself. Then there was another one that was in Japan that uh, they went to film. Now, the film, that it was not the guy's camera that was lost, but he actually captured. It was in fast motion, but when you slow it down, that he actually caught somebody's cell phone flying in the air. Again. Once again, the cell phone. Wait, wait, there went my phone. Oh, there goes the phone. (laughs) Hey, guys, I will tell you right now. Put your cell phones in your pocket or leave them at the station. Put them in the bin. Put them in in your zipper pockets. Put in a locker. Do not take your phone out to film coasters. That is just ridiculous. Sorry. It is just totally ridiculous. And also, you can get thrown out of the park if you're caught with that. And so dangerous that, I mean... Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, there no was words. another clip in this video that showed a guy, very positive guy, guy's just having a good time. He's on a, I would say a family-sized wooden roller coaster, but apparently he had lost his phone. He, once again, phone, phone, phone. He lost it when he was filming himself. He was doing a selfie. He was not filming a POV. He was basically filming a selfie throughout the ride. Lost his phone, but the phones kept recording, and it literally showed, and he actually filmed found Found his phone while it was still recording and it's not at a major park i think this is like one of those little amusement like family fun centers where he was able to pick it up and it was off like not far from a sidewalk from a city street that he found his phone and that's very rare that you'd be able to find your phone after losing it on a roller coaster but his reaction to it was was like the best reaction ever because he like he almost walks past it and he realizes it's sitting there and he goes oh there it is like yeah. he never lost it yeah <laughs> it exactly just, it was perfect he's one of one of the many lucky ones that actually found his phone but once again guys i'm gonna we said it once we said it twice we're gonna say it for a third time the charm if you have a cell phone put Don't it away take it on the ride yes put it away enjoy the ride let the professionals do the filming if you know it's like <laughs> that's all i can tell you guys let the youtubers that know how to do these videos with what they have and here's another thing if you want to film a roller coaster first of all get yourself a professional camera that can be attached to you and also make sure to get the park's permission it doesn't hurt to email the park and contact them asking if you can get permission to film a coaster a lot of times some of the most of the parks will grant you that permission as long as you have a certain gopro cam and you have the right equipment to do it It doesn't hurt to email the parks and just ask permission to film the coaster simple as that this was a pretty good we will you guys need to check out this video it's actually pretty pretty funny but i we will have it in our show notes right here on the podcast but that was a really good YouTube highlight clip, clip of, of the week. week. YouTube clip of the week. 
All right, so Iva standing by with our special guest today. We've got Austin Weber on the podcast today. Uh, it's going to be a really good interview, so take it away, Iva. Thank you, David and Jenna. Hey, everyone. It's Iva, your Midwest correspondent for the podcast. Today's episode is about committing to what you love. Our guest today always strives to do his best and is a loyal guest and employee to his home park of Keens Island. This hardworking enthusiast demonstrates his passion through his YouTube channel, Cincy Bro Coasters 3. 365. Please join me in welcoming to the Coaster Challenge podcast, Austin Weber. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, Austin. So for our listeners who don't know who you are, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Austin Weber. I've been an enthusiast for a long time now. Probably officially, I would say like five years, but I've been going to Keens Island, which is my home park, as you mentioned, uh, since I was like, could walk basically. So, and then I run my coaster channel, Cincy Bros Coasters. 365 been running that I think I started the channel in 2016 but I officially started it or I've been running it since like that channel was like 2018 I believe and where did you work at Kings Island yeah so I've worked the racer that was my home ride in 2018 and then I worked Mystic Timbers in 2019 I still currently work there in food and beverage and uh graders so I'm excited every year with that yeah it sounds like as you've progressed through your employment there you've worked yourself up the chain so that's always a great thing Definitely. I've enjoyed every, I think this is my fifth season now. So I've uh, gone back every year since uh, 2016, since I started. A lot of my friends work there and they say that is one of the best parks to be employed at. Oh, definitely. They they treat their workers really well there. Or it's one of the better ones I heard. All right, Austin, you ready to get these questions going? Yes, I am. All right. So let's kick it off with what was your first coaster that you rode? My first coaster that I rode uh, was at Keens Island, obviously. That's my home park. And it would have been the Beastie. I skipped Great Pumpkin Coaster, what it's known now, and went straight to the Beastie, the wooden coaster. And that was uh, my first coaster that I went on. Yeah, so that was back in the Paramount days then. Definitely, back in the Paramount days. Yeah, which is currently Beastie is now Woodstock Express. Woodstock Express, right. So you started riding coasters as a little kid then, and you just continued to enjoy your love of coasters. Yes, definitely. I did, but I would say I uh, have a huge credit to give. I was scared not to m ride the bigger ones. I was like stuck in Kitty Land when it was Paramount. So I was staying in Kitty Land. My mom, though, was getting tired of staying in Kitty Land. She's like, I want to go ride the bigger ones. And this was right around, I think it was 2007. So I would have been like six, seven years old. I was getting to the point where I was getting tall enough to ride the other ones. I didn't really want to, but my mom wanted me to get on them. So she bribed me money. I think it was like five bucks to go ride. The racer then it went to 10 bucks for the beast and then when i was nine diamondback came out 54 inches she paid me 10 bucks 10 or 15 bucks to ride diamondback and that's how i got to ride got basically she started the coaster enthusiast that made basically big credit to my mom definitely so when you first started riding coasters as you were young what was the one coaster that scared you the most austin i'd probably have to say diamondback just because like the beast and racer they were tall, but like when I saw Diamondback when I was nine, I'm like, man, I've never done anything over 200 feet at the time. And just seeing that big lift hill when I was only nine years old, not very tall, it just looked super intimidating. So yeah, it would definitely have to be Diamondback. Now I love it. It's one of my favorite rides at Kings Islands. Glad I got on it. Oh yeah, Diamondback is one of the best coasters definitely that park has. And you can tell because it always has a long line. Oh, definitely, for sure. All right, Austin, so we're getting up to that 
front entrance of Diamondback. You've got the snake leering at you with those beady eyes, the fangs. You see that tall lift hill. How are you feeling as you're walking up that those steps to get up to the station to board? Yeah, I could not feel my legs at all. My, I like chicken legs. They were shaky and I'm like, oh, am I going to do this or not? And then once I got on, I was just holding probably as tight as can be out of the clamshell lap car. And yeah, definitely pretty uh, scared, definitely going up the hill. But then once it went down, I'm like, oh, that wasn't too bad. So how did you feel once you got down to the very end of Diamondback? You got that beautiful splash down and you're sitting there on the end of the coaster getting ready to go back in the station. How did you feel as you were getting off of it? Oh, it, it's the best feeling in the world when you like just you're scared of a ride and then you ride it and you just like oh you accomplished one of your fears and riding it is a huge uh, thing to get done with that and I got 10 or 15 bucks whatever it was so that was definitely a nice good feeling definitely so after you rode Diamondback obviously you went and rode bigger and better coasters then what's your current coaster count at Austin yeah so my current coaster count is 141 different coasters I was under 100 but recently I went on a trip and they got that coaster count up I was glad to get finally over 100 different coasters but I still want to increase it though well, well, yeah, there's always bigger and better out there too. Definitely. You went with Christian coasters, didn't you, for your uh Western trip, didn't you? Or yeah. not Western, Eastern trip. Eastern, it was yeah. supposed to be Western. Yeah, that was fun going with Christian coasters and uh coaster media. That was definitely a fun trip and I'll never forget it. I think we did like seven parks in like seven days. And yeah, Christian coasters, a shout out to him because he drove the entire way. So. Oh my. But it was a fun trip though. Yeah, because did you guys start at like in Georgia and ended your way your way back home what at Dorney? Park, I believe. Yeah, Six Flags Over Georgia to Dorney Park. Yep. Yeah, that that was an intense trip, I bet. Yeah, it was fun though. So what was out of all the seven parks that you went to, what was your favorite park that you visited? Ooh, favorite park. So I'm a big theming person. So I really like Bush Gardens of Williamsburg. And I love like it was on a hill, like the theming, each uh country and stuff. The food was amazing, the fest house, and that was one of my favorites. Verbolin was cool. So that was definitely my favorite park that we visited on that trip. Yes, I just visited Bush Gardens. I think I was actually right behind you guys the entire trip, to be honest with you, because we were at Bush Gardens on 4th of July weekend. So I think we were like tailing you the entire time, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Right behind <laughs> Right behind you. But yeah, I visited Bush Gardens for my first time. Verbolton was my favorite, definitely at that park, especially that little uh, special thing that they, I'm not doing any spoilers either, but that little special thing that they have during the ride too, that no one usually expects. Yeah, that's a good part of the ride, definitely. One of my favorite. Not, yeah, not spoiling it. Not spoiling, yeah, but you have not to Not spoiling it. Yeah, you, you definitely got to ride it. So how do you feel riding Diamondback impacted your life after riding it? Yeah, so riding Diamondback completely changed me because I was just going to stay at Kings Island probably and not ride many other things with them. Like Diamondback, there's got to be more. So I did more research after I rode Diamondback, some other coasters and watched some POVs and looked up some other parks. And then I'm like, well, there's a bunch of other coasters other places so I'm like so I got a coaster book and I got like a coaster uh so it kind of made my bucket list coaster and I just like wrote them down on a list after most of the lists from that coaster book that I got so that made me more interested in it, wanted me to travel to other parks and stuff like that so what's this coaster book entail just you have a list of everything that you want to eventually ride or parks that you want to visit is that what it is yeah so the coaster book had like 
I think like they had Top Thrill Dragster, Keen Ka, a bunch of like coasters at Cedar Point. I'm trying to think of uh, had, like Superman from Six Flags, just a bunch of um, different coasters. And then I wrote my own list of coasters on a separate sheet of paper that I wanted to ride. Most of them were from the book and then more too from like POVs online and stuff like that. So how many of those were you able to cross off after your big trip this year? Definitely a bunch. I would probably say like at least 50. Yeah, that's an accomplishment. Definitely. So off the top of your head, which ones do you know are still on your bucket list to ride? Ooh, that would be uh, a Leviathan at Canada's Wonderland because I haven't been to Canada's Wonderland yet. And then definitely the parks out West, like the California, like Magic Mountain X2, like Knott's Berry Farm, Pain Time and stuff like that. Ghost Rider, Accelerator, a bunch of parks out there. Disneyland. Basically, if it's out West, that's I haven't been out West to California. So that's like what's left on my bucket list. So out of all the coasters that you have ridden, Austin, do you have a crazy moment on a coaster? that you'd like to share with us? Yes, I do have a crazy moment on the coasters. Recently, it was at Keen's Dominion, Intimidator 305. So basically, it's a giga coaster. You go up 305 feet, take a drop down, and then you do this bank turn. And so I was going down the bank turn, and I've never passed out or grayed out on a coaster. And that was like one of my first major gray outs in no matter what you can do, at least from my experience, I, you cannot like be stopped from graying out. Like you're going to gray out no matter what you try to do. So definitely that never happened to me before. So that was pretty intense and I like intense rides. So it's definitely one of my favorite things that's happened on a coaster recently at Kings Dominion. So that was pretty cool. How many times did you get a chance to ride I-305? Um, I think we did it close to like 10 times because the park was really dead. So we, we were definitely blessed to have no line for it. We could just stay on it too since there was no lines. Yeah, I think we got up to 10, 10 or 11 times. Yeah, that's one thing I've always noticed every time I visited KD. I-305 does not always have a long line. Yeah, it's weird. It's like all the way in the back of the park too. So maybe the general public don't make it back there like as fast as all the enthusiasts do, I guess. Yeah, but you still have stuff back there. You've got Anaconda back there. You've got Flight of Fear. So it's not like it's just right. totally out behind a bunch of stuff and it's the only thing back there. Yeah, that's a good point. Flight of Fear there, Flight of Fear there. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I was surprised when it wasn't as busy as I thought. I thought it would be pretty crowded, but it really wasn't. Now, were you able to ride during the day or at night? I think it was just during the day because I think they closed or got dark out. So I just got daytime rides. Yeah, I haven't done it at night though. That's yeah, I think what they were closing, I think seven o'clock or something like that. Yeah, seven o'clock. Yeah, I think it was it was about seven when we were there too. And when you started having the gray out effect, were you at the front or at the back or both? Uh, for me, it was both. But I think I noticed it. I'm trying to remember. I think it's towards the back where I got more grayed out than I did the front. Yeah, I noticed that I got more, we'll say fuzzy, more fuzzy toward when I was sitting towards the front versus in the back. And I think it was just maybe it's more forceful in the back, obviously, because you've got the pull of the train and everything. But I didn't notice it as much. Like I said, I was more kind of fuzzy when I was toward the front. I know front row. Yeah, I did front row a couple of times. And that probably was the most like a grayed out fuzzy. Uh, fuzzy. <laughs> now, out of all the coasters that you have ridden so far, Austin, what's your favorite? Oh, my favorite. That's a tough one. So I love wooden coasters. Maybe that's why I started on uh, the Beastie, which is now Woodstock Express. But my favorite right now is got to be like the Voyage at Holiday World. Because recently, early this year, I rode it at night. It's a whole different experience. So it's got to be the Voyage by Gravity Group. Love the Gravity Group. But close to second is Hades. It's, it's a toss-up, but I think the Voyage is just a little bit better. A lot of the wooden coasters. What's your least favorite to ride? Ooh, least favorite? That's a tough one because I... 
I like pretty much everything, but least favorite are probably the pretty popular least favorite. Vekoma SLCs are not my favorite. Although, like, still, like, a T3, it's not a bad ride. It's just, like, not personally one of my favorites, but people enjoy it, but it's not one of my favorites. Is there a certain SLC that you absolutely hate, or is it just SLCs in general? Um, SLCs in general, I think, is our my ride. But, yeah, I would say I rode one at Six Flags America. I think it was Mindbender, I believe, right? Mindbender. Yeah, it's one of the ones at Six Flags, and I think I like T3 better. So, yeah, that was the better one. But, yeah, just they're not my favorite type of ride. You know, the one thing I've, and I've ridden several SLCs, uh, T3 being one of them. And I've ridden, I used to go to Geauga Lake. Well, actually, it was uh, Six Flags Worlds of Adventure once SeaWorld and uh, Geauga Lake combined, obviously, and Six Flags bought both. And I rode the, uh, the SLC there, uh, which is now at Michigan's Adventure Thunderhawk. But the one thing I noticed, too, is that it's the restraints on a lot of them. T3, I don't mind it as much because it has a different restraint versus Thunderhawk versus mine better, where it's more the the over the shoulder restraint and it's a harder restraint. And I have a tendency of with those baiting my head. And I think that's what doesn't make them as enjoyable Whereas with T3, it was a little bit more of kind of like a vest restraint, similar to a vest restraint. So it gave you a little bit more flexibility on movement too. So you weren't feeling like you were just like strapped in. And Yeah, I agree with you. Definitely T3 has like good restraints right there. With you being in the amusement park industry and, you know, having a career in it, how do you feel working in the amusement park industry has bettered your life? Yeah, it definitely has bettered my life. I've met like countless people from ride ops, definitely people I still talk to today. It's definitely maybe uh, talk to people, recognize people from previous years that I've switched crews. I still talk to the people from my old crews. It's it's definitely been fun, really better my life because uh, I do a lot of events for the employees and stuff. So it's like a community there. So I wouldn't trade it for any other job, basically. Yeah, do you get special employee ride nights at Kings Island? Yes, we do. I think it's like once a month we try to have one. And uh, yeah, they've been, they're always fun to go with your ride or your ride crew and stuff like that. So what's your favorite thing about being a Kings Island employee? Ooh, my favorite thing, it might have to be those rides nights. Those are definitely fun. It's like nice and a good like feeling to go after a long day at work, just enjoy, have the park to just the employees. It's pretty special. It's kind of like so ERT. Your, your, your employee ERT. Yeah. So what ride do you enjoy the most during the ERT night for employees? Oh, that'd probably be Beast at night because they're all like after the park closes. So definitely it would have to be the Beast at night. Definitely. Okay. So with you riding a lot of coasters just recently, what is the one coaster, if you could marathon, what would it be? Ooh. It could be at, it could be at any park you visited. What um, would be the one coaster you would want to ride over and over and over until you just throw up yeah, or just would, get or get tired of it? <laughs> yeah, it would probably have to be, that's a tough one between, let's see, it would have to be Fury 325. <laughs> definitely because i could just ride that for days it seems like without getting off but yeah it would definitely be that i think if i chose intimidator 305 i don't know i think i would gray out too much and <laughs> i couldn't get marathon as much but definitely fury 325 i could just sit on it for a long time well austin it's awesome to have you on the podcast today and uh you've got 
really shared incredible stories with Iva. Uh, there is one question. So the mission of Coaster Challenge is we are on this mission to help people be able to break their fears, but it's not just fears on just trying to get on a roller coaster. It's trying to help them break their fears for life in general situations. Uh, roller coasters seem to be the, the key thing that really helps people be able to conquer their fears, which help them get the confidence needed to be able to face their fears in life. Lately, we've had, we've seen a lot of fear in in our society. Fear really turns into a lot of different things with people. It's turned into hate. It's turned into a lot of conspiracies and stuff that go around because of fear. What advice could you give to those that are listening right now that are looking to make a change and be able to become a fearless person? That's a great question. I would probably say for me, what I do, try to be fearless is just like stay positive. Definitely don't think negative. Don't psych yourself out basically and get overwhelmed by the fear even though I mean everybody has fear in their life but definitely if you keep a positive mindset that's one of my channel mottos to spread positivity uh, 365 days a year so if you be positive I think you can get through anything and face your fears and get through anything in life basically if you have a positive mindset so I would say yeah I agree and it helps too when you have positive friends especially those that have recently traveled with you to make that happen too oh definitely Definitely the people that you surround yourself with, you surround yourself with positive people. You're just going to be positive yourself. But if you're always in the negative, you're just going to be negative all the time. Yeah. And who wants to be negative going into a fun place like Kings Island or Carowinds? Exactly. Nobody. We're there to have fun. Exactly. You have to. Well, Austin, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, thank you guys for having me on. It's been a pleasure and glad I got to... Uh, beyond this coaster challenge podcast and for our listeners who would like to know more about you where can they find you on social media you can find me at cincy bros coasters 365 on youtube and instagram that's where i'm at well thank you again so much and i definitely encourage our listeners to check austin's channel on youtube and social media out thank you guys thank you so much austin Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Iva. That was a really good interview, Jen. Yeah, I, like I said, I love it when we have people that work for the parks or work or higher ups and work at the parks. It gives you a different perspective on what the parks have, and yeah. I love how you know. I love his his, his responsive. They don't tell me anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I hear it all too. Like whenever there's a special project, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. They never tell us anything. But you know, he had a very incredible story about how he started getting into coasters and the ones that scared him the most and his, you know, most favorite. It's really amazing. A lot of same common coasters I hear from many guests on this podcast. And uh, yeah, it was just really amazing. And I really appreciate Austin being on the show today. And yeah, we've got, we're getting down to our, uh, looks like it's going to be our final five episodes for season one, Jen. Oh, man. Yeah. This is getting exciting. Yeah. We're getting down to our season finale. You know, we're getting close to the end of February here. But Justin, how can they find us on social media? If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to see more from us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links in the description. Thank you, Justin. And yes, guys, make sure to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast. And make sure to leave us a review, especially if you're an Apple 
Apple Podcasts listener, we really appreciate if you would drop us a review on Apple. It would mean a lot to everybody here on the team. Check, make sure to check us out on our website at CoasterChallengeUSA.com and make sure to check out the Coaster Challenge Podcast store. We have a lot of great merchandise out there, a lot of good shirts, hats, hoodies, you know, sweaters, all kinds of stuff. Proceeds from that actually gets donated to charity at the end of every year. Like I said earlier, we're getting down to our final five episodes of season one. Season two will begin in April. I can't wait. But until then, guys, make sure to join us next week. But until then, this is David Cantu. This is Jenna Gazelle. And we'll see you all next week right here on Coaster Challenge. Yeah.